Right, good evening. So none of you got the message that Downton was moved to seven o'clock then, I, I presume. I love the, uh, the video that, that Andy had at the beginning of going on the streets. I would do anything for love, but I wouldn't do that. And I was trying to think of what wouldn't I do for love. And to be honest, until last night at about eight o'clock, I was struggling for an answer when suddenly on my TV screen was Strictly Come Dancing and I watched a hairy biker do a paso doble to meatloaf. And I decided that is the one thing that I would not do. Sorry, Liz. If you really wanted me to do a paso doble for you, I wouldn't do one. Um, but it's a great video. And it's often it's the things that people don't do that really wind me up. And I had a week of this at work, at school. I had, so it was, I was rushing to get things ready in the morning. And I went to the photocopier. And I turned the photocopier on. I had loads of sheets to give out to the kids. And suddenly there was, a, there was a paper jam. Now, I didn't cause the paper jam. The paper jam was already there. Someone in their lovely wisdom had decided to leave the photocopier with the paper jammed. Now, that is one of the most infuriating things in the world. You broke it, you fix it. That's the rule I live by in the staff room. But no, they'd left it. And it drove me mad. And that day became a series of things where things just didn't go, go for me. Things just weren't done. I sat in a meeting with six of my other leaders at school and someone said, who wants a drink? And they asked everybody in the room for their particular drink. I didn't get asked. I, I, presumed, I presumed it's because they already knew that it was coffee, one-third milk, two sugars. I presumed they already knew this. And they came back and they give, they'd made all the drinks that they'd asked for, but they hadn't made me one. I tell you, I was, I was a little bit upset at that in the meeting. And then the meeting was late, because I had to go and make me one myself, which, you know, was even worse. So that really upset me. And then it came back, and I went into the class in the afternoon, and somebody had been using my class in the lunchtime to do a painting club. Oh, painting clubs. It's difficult being a primary school teacher. But they'd left all the paint, and the tubs, and the pots, and the paintbrushes, and the artwork, and the covered newspaper stuff all on the desk. So I couldn't even start my lessons on time. Why hadn't they cleaned it up? They just hadn't done it. And as if that wasn't bad enough, I then had some angry parents that, that they were justified in being angry that I spoke to at the end of the day. I was late for the staff meeting. And in running, running into a staff meeting that already started late, no one had saved me a seat. There's nothing worse than looking out of place than standing up for a whole staff meeting that you were late in. And it's awful. And that day was a day, a series of things, where things just weren't done for me. It was horrible really upset me. I'd started to lose faith in humankind, if I'm honest, but I was having a particularly bad day. But it's the things that people don't do that sometimes really wind me up. And I was trying to find a really good quote about this. And working with Dan, I get to hear loads of amazing quotes all the time. And I keep thinking, if I'm lucky enough, something really intelligent will rub off on me. And I had nothing. I was like, come on, Dan, give me a quote. And I couldn't believe it. All the, all the amounts of quotes and wisdom that Dan had given me, I couldn't think of a quote. But I tell you, if you know anything about me, I do love my films. And I might not know famous people quotes, but I do know movie quotes. I do know movie quotes particularly well. And the one movie quote that I couldn't get away from for this evening was from Gladiator. Love Gladiator. Russell Crowe, there he is doing his thing, looking quite manly even though he's wearing a skirt. You know, but he manages to pull it off. And one of the quotes is, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Oh, I love that phrase. It's something that I really can't shake off. But the more and more that I prayed into this, and prayed into it, it wasn't just that phrase that I held on to. Because yes, it's true. What we do in life echoes in eternity. But similarly, 
what we don't do echoes in eternity as well. The things that we just never get around to. The things we openly decide not to do. So yes, while the things we do echo in eternity, things that we don't do similarly echo in eternity. And stories like this really impact me. I mean, one of my favourite stories, I know I'm a bit early, but it's a Christmas carol. I love a Christmas carol. Rachel said this morning, Christmas is coming, it's getting darker. And according to the Daily Express today, the snow's coming in November. Christmas is coming. But one of the stories that I love is a Christmas carol, and there's Scrooge. And it's not just what he does that in his past and his present and his future that has an effect on the people around him. But similarly, it's the things that he doesn't do that determines whether people can grow up and live a life full of potential or not. And as he goes through the story, he sees what he does and what he doesn't do and sees the impact that it has on the people around him. And he ends up as a transformed Scrooge, as a force for good in the world. And I tell you, every time it gets me right in my heart. We've got about six different versions of the film at home. And we've already said, when we have children, that is going to be the first story that I read to our child. Straight away. I love it so much. Even if it's not Christmas, I don't care. (laughs) But real life stories... Uh, similarly affects me in the same way. When you look at Live Aid and Live Aid, look at what those musicians did. They got together, they all said, right, what can we do? We can all do music. Let's go out and make a difference in the world. They shared a common gifting and they got together to make a difference. Their actions there have echoed on and on and on, those musicians that got together. We all sing the song, but they did make a difference. They got together And they use their giftings to serve the world. And it's a brilliant principle to live by. What if we all served others with the gifts that we've been given? What if our lives were about the things that we did do for other people, not the things that we didn't do? What if we'd served others with the gifts that we've been given? And it's such... Every time I kept writing it and praying about it and reading it, I thought, it's such a cliche answer, but you know what? It's the truth. We'd change the world. We would. If everybody served other people with the gifts that they've been given, we would change the world. You'd certainly change your world with the people around you. And this is a principle that 2,000 years ago, Jesus lived by as well. Jesus was all about other people, serving them in any way he could. Yes, he had gifts and he served them with them, but also he just served people all the time. He couldn't not serve them. And if you want to read about anything, literally, me and Dan were going to play a game in the office this week. If you turn to any part in the gospel, could you find Jesus serving someone? And I reckon you really could. But the four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we call them the gospels. They follow the exploits of Jesus and what he did. They were written by people that lived at the same time. And if you want to know about how Jesus served, it's so clear. He had so many things going for him. He did so many things for other people. You couldn't escape it. One of the main giftings he had was the ability to heal people. And it's not the healing that I want to focus on this evening, but it's the willingness to go out and do it. So um, the first bit of scriptures we're going to look at is Matthew 12, verses 9 to 13. Don't worry if if you've not got your Bible, it's going to come up on the screen. But it says, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there, looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They, who were the Pharisees, asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you is a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? 
How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. And I love that story. We've heard it a couple of times in church at the moment. And so who, what's going on in this story? There's this group, they're the Pharisees, and they're a group of people who strictly follow Jewish laws. And one of the main Jewish laws is that Jewish people couldn't do anything on this day that was called the Sabbath day, anything that was deemed as work anyway. And so Jesus went out, and he knew this, and he went out and healed a man's hand on the Sabbath anyway. And so the Pharisees, this group of people that strictly followed the Lord, jumped on it straight away, as if to say, we've caught him, we've caught him out, which is what they were always after. But Jesus, as he usually does, he turns their presumptions on their heads. And not only did he show them that what he'd done was right, but he showed the other people that the Pharisees are more interested in the law than people. If there's one thing that Jesus is about, it's about serving other people. Regardless of the fact that it was the Sabbath day, Jesus served the man with the deformed hand, using the gifts that he knew he had. He knew he'd end up getting quizzed. He knew it probably would stir up something, but he didn't care because he knew he was about people. He couldn't not heal the man's hand. He went and did it. And he didn't do it because it was his job. He didn't do it because he, was, he knew he was supposed to. He didn't do it because out of a sense of duty. He didn't do it because he'd promised the guy earlier he'd do it. He did it because he loved him. He did it because he couldn't, he couldn't stand to see the guy that was like that. He reached out and healed him. Jesus' service was a service out of compassion and love. Not out of a sense of duty or I must do this. And it's something that we see all the time when Jesus starts serving other people in this way. The next set of scriptures is from Luke. uh, Luke 7, verses 11 to 15. And again, it will come up on the screen. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. and, And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying on, the carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his gave him back to his mother. Now, as I say, some of you might be sitting there going, He's just healed a guy from the dead. That's completely unbelievable. And you know what? It is, and it's incredible. And it's the truth. And I'm not going to deny that it happened or not, but I don't want to focus on the actual healing and bringing back from the dead. He did it, that's true. But look at the heart behind what Jesus did. There's Jesus, and he's walking along with his mates, and he sees a funeral. He wasn't invited to it, he just stumbled upon it. And so what did he do? These people didn't know him. Did he go and ask permission? No, he didn't. Jesus saw the situation. And it says that when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. He felt love. He felt compassion. He knew he had a gift that could help her. And he couldn't not go over and step in. He knew he could do something about it. So what did he do? He didn't stop and think and have a discussion with his mates about it first. He just went over and he healed. The heart behind that is amazing. Driven by complete love and compassion. What if we were like this? 
driven with love and compassion, serving others with the gifts we've been given. And I'm not talking around going and healing uh, people's shriveled hands and raising people from the dead. I'm just talking about genuinely just serving others out of a spirit of love and compassion with the stuff that we can do. Not because it's our job, not because that we feel that we have to, not because we've been guilted into it, but because we love them and we just want to help other people. The world would change. Your world and the people around you would change. It's amazing. I mean, just an example of this. I'm not a gifted DIY expert. Anyone that knows me knows that anything that requires plugging in and using with my hands, I'm ridiculous with. I just fall apart completely. You give me a pen and a piece of paper, I'm happy. You give me anything else, and I'm a mess completely. And so what does that mean for Liz, living with someone that's like this? It means if something breaks in the house, it stays broken. It means if this garden's a mess, it stays a mess. And on the rare occasions that I venture out into the garden to do it, I could spend six or seven hours out there, I come back in, and it's just as bad. (laughs) For Liz, it must be a nightmare. I am not gifted in those areas at all. But my father-in-law is. And... He recognises this and he doesn't make fun of me. And whenever we've got something that's broken in the house, he comes over and he fixes it. And I know that's brilliant. And I don't take him for granted because it's amazing what he does. But he started going the extra mile now. Because it's come to a point of when something breaks, we go, oh no, we'll sit with it for a week, maybe two. Sometimes it will get to a couple of months and we'll go, yes, we'll ring Lizzie's dad. And Lizzie's dad will come to fix it. But he's gone a step further now. He knows that I can't garden. He sees our garden. I really feel for him when he sees our garden. When Liz and I are at work now, he comes over to our house and does the garden for us. And that's amazing. (laughs) But he has changed mine and Liz's house completely. It's amazing. And he doesn't do it because he feels guilty or he feels he has to do it. He does it because he genuinely loves us and wants us to be able to feel really comfortable in the space that we live in. It's amazing. He's gifted and he comes over and does it. He doesn't think twice. He does it out of a spirit of love and compassion for us. And that's a real example of what I'm talking about. Following Jesus' example to make the people's lives around you better. What if you were the person at my school that knew how to unblock the photocopier? (laughs) You're an accountant and a friend of yours can't work out their their tax refunds. and You could step in and help them. We have gifts that we can do. But sometimes we wait until people ask out of desperation for help before we step in. (laughs) If we could serve others with our gifts with a spirit of love and compassion, that would change our world. Because that's what Jesus did. And I've had this conversation with some, some people, and the, the response I get from some people is, well, I'm not gifted in anything. I can't do anything. And that may, first of all, that statement makes me really sad, and I do spend a lot of time convincing them that they are gifted in something. But actually, serving people is not always about being gifted in it either. Again, I talked about Live Aid and Live Aid earlier on. 
And I think it is an amazing thing that these musicians that were gifted got together and they made this music that was able to change the world, which was fantastic. And one of my favourite musicians was involved in Live Aid, Damon Albarn from Blur and the Gorillas. And so I was really excited to hear what he would contribute to the Live 8 single. You know what I mean? I love his sound, I love his voice. I was really eager to find out. And I bought the uh, single, and he wasn't on it. He didn't play any instruments, he's not singing on it. And to be honest, I felt conned. I felt I'd, I'd been conned into buying this CD because I, I liked the musician, I wanted to hear what he did. But he was part of Live 8. When he turned up to the recording studio, you realised there was enough musicians there to contribute, but there was no one there to make the cups of tea. So that's what he did. That was his service to the Live 8 recording. Damon Albarn made cups of tea. Very, very talented musician. Millionaire. Just goes in to make a cup of tea. So my question is, can you make a cup of tea? Doesn't matter if it's very good or not. But Jesus did this exact sort of stuff. He didn't just serve others with the gifts that he had. He just served with anything that he had. John 13, verse 4 to 7. Again, it will come up on the screen. So he got up from the meal, he being Jesus, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realise what I am doing, but later you will understand. And he even asked the people on the street, would you wash your maid's feet? That's what Jesus did. Don't need a special gifting in feet cleaning. There's no degree required. He just got a towel and washed his mate's feet. It shows us that we're not important than each other. That we can serve each other regardless of status or position or who we are. That serving isn't about that. Serving is just about coming before someone that's next to you and giving them something. It's about showing love regardless of what's going on, regardless of status, regardless of power, regardless of anything. It's just the ability to show love through action. And yeah, there are gifts and skills and talents that we can use, and they're very specific things. But we all have the ability to make a cup of tea. One of the quotes that I did glean from Dan for this was from Martin Luther King. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. That's an amazing quote. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. What if we served others more? Not just with the gifts that we've got, but just generally. What if we served others more? Just like what Jesus did. Not think, not debate, not question, not have a committee about it, but just go out and serve. That was the example that Jesus set 2,000 years ago. What would your world look like, your immediate world? Just, um, again, a little example of that. I was at work a couple of weeks ago, and um, a few doors down, there was a, a teacher that was having a really difficult day. Um, I'd heard her shouting at her kids all day. Anytime her class had come down the corridor, they were making a racket and bouncing off walls. You could tell she was having a difficult one. In assembly, it was her class that wouldn't be quiet. 
We didn't see her at lunchtime. She didn't come in the staff room to have a dinner or make a drink. At the end of the day, I saw her having an argument with her parents, and then later, another set of parents were sat in her office. And I really felt that she was having a really tough day. And so there I am, making myself my 19th cup of coffee of the day. And I thought about it and thought, you know what, I'll do a Damon Albarn. I'll make her a cup of tea. And I went over to her classroom and I looked in the door. She was just staring blankly at the computer screen. And I literally just put the tea next to her and asked her how her day was. She just looked at me and cried. And I'm not talking like a single tear. It was an uncontrollable wail. And it broke me. Genuinely. She hadn't even tried my cup of tea yet. <laughs> but it was, and it went on. I mean, this was like 10, 15 minutes of me just sat there reassuring it's going to be okay. What else do you say? And her just crying incontrollably. And after 10, 15 minutes of feeling generally quite awkward <laughs> and not knowing what to say, she, she turned around and had a tea and said, that's the first thing this week that's made me feel like someone actually cares. As if that wasn't bad enough, it was Friday. <laughs> what sort of a week had she had? Why had no one bothered to just make her a cup of tea? Ask her how her day was. And she said that she was ready to go home that Friday and just ring in sick and just not come in the following week. Because she's just like, no one cares. <laughs> what had I done? <laughs> I went home, I was like, what did I do? I made a cup of tea. I hadn't saved the world. I hadn't pulled off some extraordinary miracle or feat. But Jesus prompted me while I was making a cup of coffee to go make a cup of tea for someone else because I knew that she was having a rough day. Even the smallest thing that you do for someone can make a difference. So again, I asked the question, what if we served others more? What if we served others as a lifestyle and not a one-off? What if we couldn't help ourselves, genuinely? We couldn't help ourselves but put ourselves out of our way for other people. doesn't matter whether it's with our gifts or whether it's just with the little things. What if, like Jesus, we just couldn't stop because we loved people so much? That we could let go of the stuff that was maybe going on in our head and our day and just go, you know what, they're struggling. Because that's one of God's plans for the world. For the world to be loved. For them to know that they're loved. And it's us that can go out and do the loving. The ability to change the world is in your hands. But do you honestly see it? Leon spoke a couple of weeks ago when he had a plough over here about our plans and letting go of the plough. And he, he said a phrase, let go of our self-centered thinking and have a thinking centered on others. It just blew me away. If you want the world to be a better place, that's where it starts. It starts with you serving others. By showing love and making people experience that, that you care, that people in the world around them really are bothered about them and you know what if you do that then they'll do that too because it feels amazing and it doesn't feel amazing because you go aha look what I've done it feels amazing because you've genuinely loved somebody and love is the best emotion 
What is God? God is love. You want to see more of God in your day? Love more. Love more. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Similarly, what we don't do. Do you want to go home after a day and think, I should have done that for someone? Or not? I just, that's it really. I think I'm going to invite the band to come back up. That would be great. When you go tonight, there's going to be some people on the door. And they're going to give you a tea bag. Please, use it. Make someone a cup of tea. If you're not too comfortable with making someone a cup of tea with a tea bag that you've held in your hand on the journey home, I completely understand. But use it as a reminder to go out and do something for somebody else. To live and serve for others, not on the one-off, but because you can't help but love. We're going to sing um, Living for Your Glory. A life of service glorifies God. Anytime you love other people and serve them, you glorify Him. And when we do these things for other people, we show them a bit of God. As we sing, ask God to really put people in your heart. Who needs your service this week? Who needs a bit of love? Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm just miles away from Jesus myself at the moment. Do you know what? Use this time to reconnect with him. Because serving others is really difficult sometimes when we find ourselves doing it on our own. But the closer we are to Jesus, the easier it becomes. Spend this time, if you're struggling right now, just to draw close to Jesus. Because he wants to draw close to you. And similarly, if you're not a Christian, think about it. Think about how Jesus has changed the face of this earth because he has. How he's changing it right now. And how he's going to continue to change it. And think to yourself and ask yourself, do you want to be part of that? Because Jesus wants you to be part of that. He's real and he's waiting for you. So if that's you, grab someone. Grab someone that's got to have a tea bag on the door. Grab one of us. Grab the people you came with. But don't wait because Jesus is real. And he loves you. If you'd all like to stand, that'd be great. And we'll pray before we sing. God, thank you that you love us. That you sent your son to not only die on the cross for our sins, but to show us how we can live, to how we can show love in the world. Thank you for the people that have served us in our lives, that have shown those glimpses of you, God. Thank you so much for putting them in our lives. And God, as we reach out to you, we say, please, we love you. Thank you. Connect with us so we can go on and connect with others in your name. We can live for your glory, God. Show us the way. In your name we pray these things.